Coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Okay, this is Darren from the future. I actually just recorded this whole episode, and at the end of it, I said, you know what, I should probably just go back and apologize for the whole thing. So I'm actually going to open this episode up with an apology for how bad this episode is. Um, I'm not going to spoil it any more than that. Is it really that bad? I don't know. I felt kind of lazy, but <laughs> at any rate, I think there's some entertaining stuff in here. So um, with that being said, I will disappear back into the future and let Darren from the present come back and talk to y'all. Oh, it's good to be back, everybody. Thank you for uh, welcoming you back into your ears. Um, that sounds a little little weird, but there you go. <laughs> if, if anybody knows anything at this point, it's that you should probably expect something weird from me. So what's been up, Darren? What's going on? Have you had coronavirus or what? No, I've just been busy. That's all there is to it. So welcome here, episode 168 of The Drop Set. Uh, like I said, I do appreciate you welcoming me back. What did we just hear there? We heard a snippet of... Um, well, obviously, that's a new song that we've got um, coming off of our album. That is, in fact, the title track. Um, our album is called Search and Recovery. That song is Search and Recovery. One of my favorite things also in a song is when the title is never referenced in the lyric of the song. So that is the case there as well. What you heard there was um, that whole song was kind of funny how it all came about. I remember specifically. So uh, my wife went down on Thanksgiving this last year down to Alabama from Tennessee to go see family there. I held down the fort here. I, I stayed with Taz. We didn't have anybody else to leave him with, so I kind of stayed behind. I was here for Thanksgiving, so just kind of having a bachelor's you know day. She was she left, stayed overnight, came back the next day. So I just had a little little bachelor fling here, me and Taz hanging out, you know, prostitutes blow, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I sat down. I was just listening to some music, and I was I was listening to. Um, Injustice for All by Metallica, and the song One, of course. Everybody knows that. And if you don't, just priorities, people. Okay, pause, th stop this podcast right now, pull it up, and go listen to it. Okay, if you haven't heard One by Metallica, I'm not talking about One by U2, or One by Creed, or One by Three Dog Night, One by Metallica. Lots of songs, same name. Go listen to it. If you don't know it, you'll be like, oh... After a while, I'll be like, oh, I do know this. Okay, yeah, so you need to listen to that. If you're not familiar with that, it needs to be in your musical vocabulary. Anyway, <clears throat> I was listening to that song, and I sat down at the piano, and I wrote something that is not derivative of that, but it was just kind of like, you know, one put me in a certain mood, and so I wrote this song. And so its working title was Two because I'm super clever, right? Um, and so eventually it morphed into this. Now, if you listen to the song from the start, you'll kind of hear a little bit of that influence. I think just a little bit. If you're really listening for it, and if you know to listen for it, you'll be like, oh, okay, I kind of hear that a little bit. And then it, it deviates from that and never comes back. So anyway, that the end of that song there is a uh, little half chorus, and then it does this key change here, which I just imagine being a guitar solo, and the producer's like, we need lyrics over that. And so that, that was the section that you just heard there, that part where she's singing up really high. I'm like, okay, yeah, that works. I like that. And the guitarist there, that was Andy Wood, um, who played for us on four songs here, which was awesome. It was such a cool experience to get into the studio with him and watch him do his thing. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's really amazing when you see somebody who's really like, top shelf in the world at their craft doing it right in front of you you're like oh my god what is this so there's one song that we have called drive i thought about playing that i'm like you gotta wait for the album now um where i'm like at the end of it i'm like there's a 32 bar guitar solo and he looks at me and he's like really because like nobody does that anymore he, he writes instrumental music for himself like those are what his album is so he's he's all about it but 
when he gets hired to play on somebody else's album. <laughs> he doesn't often hear, and here's where you get a 32-bar solo to just shred. But I'm like, yeah, yeah. And so he listened to it once, and as he's listening to it, he's immediately plucking out the chords without me telling him what they are. Just immediately, like first try, he gets them all right. And then the chord changes shift to something else. He picks those out easily. And then before, as soon as he hears those chords, then he's like, okay, stop it. Because he's like, I know how this song is going to end. I know what happens from here. He's like, just just go. And so, <laughs> and so he takes it from this solo at the end. And uh, he does one amazing take. And then he's like, let me try it again. He does another amazing take. That was the one we kept. His, his second pass through playing it. When he had never even really heard how it ended. Um, and just to, to watch that and to hear what he came up with is like, that is just otherworldly kind of talent. It is awesome. Um, uh, I can't wait for you to hear it. It is it's so awesome. Uh, actually, if you, uh, if you follow my band's, um, uh, Instagram account, um, it's at sketch eclectic band. Um, I think one of our, our latest or, or one of the most recent posts is actually a video of him playing that solo in, in the studio it was what I recorded and I was just fanboying all over him as he was doing it. So, um, anyway, go check that out. So that's what's been going on here. Um, we are, uh, our, uh, producer engineer is actually, uh, going on a little vacation. So, um, we've had since Monday, we've had the week off. My wife went, went in for a half day of vocal work on Monday. Um, we've had the rest of the week off since then, nothing scheduled next week. And then she goes back in on Monday, the following week. So, uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. We've probably got about three days of tracking left to do, and then a couple days of mixing, and then it goes off to mastering from there. And I think the process kind of starts to slow down a little bit. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's done. Let's let it sit for a week or two and just see if we come up with anything else. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, in the meantime, we actually, uh, have a, uh, hands going in a lot of different fires over here. So we are still working with, um, my wife found a, uh, violinist who, um, lives in New York and has played in Broadway shows and who she's followed on Facebook for a long time. And she just reached out. She's like, Hey, can you play on some of our stuff? And got a response back in like two minutes. Sure. Send it on over. So, um, and I just this morning got the first track back from her, just her violin track. And I plugged it into the, uh, the mix that I have here at home. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm so glad we hired her. <laughs> it was like, Holy crap. Same kind of experience. Like, okay. I gave her very minimal direction. I'm like go with it. And yeah, it's a whole new song now. So, uh, pretty awesome. So she's going to do a few more of those. And then, um, we're working with, uh, a, a local videographer to shoot a music video. And then we're also looking at, um, contracting a promotions expert as well to help us get the word out on this. So, man, I tell you what, it's a good thing we don't have kids because this is basically us sending a kid to college to put this album out. So... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this goes if we ever do it again. Uh, but it's a, it's fun. It's interesting. So that's what's been keeping me busy over here. We've had a lot of stuff going on. There's just all kinds of stuff. Uh, to all you people who are bored during quarantine, um, I am jealous. I am jealous because I am not. And I would love to just try and remember what it's like to be bored. I have no idea what that's like at this point. Um, because between this, keep in mind, this is what I'm doing in my off hours. Other than that, I'm working all day long. You know, I'm, I'm up at 5. Um, I'm working till my, my typical daily schedule is up at 5, um, working nonstop, just email check-ins until about 8.30, and then take a little bit of a break to eat. Um, typically, we'll go work out. Um, you know, the wife's home, so commiserate with her, et cetera. And come back, um, you know, 
eating takes a while. You know, you're a bodybuilder. You know how it goes, especially if you're in a bulk. Meals aren't five minutes. They take a little while to put down. Um, and then you go train. And my training's been pretty good. It's been a little unfocused of late. It's been okay. It's been okay. I give myself a six out of ten, realistically. Um, my gym opened back up on Friday. I have not been back yet. I am debating whether or not to go today. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. At the same time, there's a lot of stuff going on today. The, so... This is me being real with you, okay? I always tell people, you know, when it comes to working out, there are no excuses, right? So you know you're about to hear an excuse from me because <laughs> that's that's how this works. That, that, that is the, the deal that we have in place here. Uh, so I did finally pull the trigger on um, two things that I've been holding off on. Um, what one is just it, it kind of had to happen, and the other one is a hey, we're about done with this album. Let me congratulate myself, present to myself. So, um, <clears throat> the first one was uh, I got components for a new computer for uh, the Five Star Physique Operations Center and Brain. Um, this one right now, hold on, let me. Um, can I do this safely without interrupting the recording here? Any computer nerds out there will get a kick out of this. So, um, how do I get that? There we go. Okay, how do I? <laughs> I was about to say, how do I get to my control panel? I'm like, oh, God, it's like I'm having a conversation with my parents here. How do you use your computer? Um, system, there we go. Let's, what kind of computer is Darren running this operation on? About, right? We'll go to about. Um, yeah, so it is an Intel Core i3-6100 processor at 3.7 gigahertz with 8 gigabytes of RAM. That's what I'm operating this off of. Um, and so it's at the point now where, um, like in my web browser, I pull up a new tab, wait three or four seconds. Oh, there it is. Okay, cool. Start typing. Oh, no, sorry. We got the new tab up, but you're not ready to type in it yet. Oh, damn it. Wait five, six seconds. Okay. Let me pull up. You know what? I haven't checked the news. Let me pull up CNN. Oh, oh really? You think your computer can handle that? No, not so much. Websites like that throw so many uh, ads at you and videos that start auto playing. It's like, you have no idea. We're going to bring this computer to its knees. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of the, the scenario. I can do all the stuff that I need to for work, but it gets to a point where I was for my entire life. I have like, let's see how long I can go without rebooting my computer. I think the longest I've ever made it was like seven weeks. Um, and eventually it's like Windows just gives up and it's like, no mas, we got to do it. We got to do it. And it's usually a test of patience more than anything else. And so I'm operating with, you know, Excel and my web browser for most of what I do. I use a, a, another program to record um, voice notes for clients. That's a tiny little program, but it's got some kind of memory leak because you leave it open for long enough and it just brings everything to a grinding halt. So I close that program every day. I have to. Um, it's closed right now, in fact. So there gets to be a point though when Excel is like, I can't really open this. I'm like, okay, I got to restart. Fine. So this last time it, I think things are deteriorating. Like my computer is, is experiencing like geriatric symptoms, old age. I don't know, but it's, uh, it, I think it was down to like four days or five days since my last restart. And so now it's like, okay, it's time to upgrade. So I ordered all the components Point being, my excuse is all those components arrive today and the present that I got for myself, which is a new PRS guitar, arrives today as well. So I'm kind of like, man, 
is this a good day to go back to the gym for the first time? I got the commute thrown in there, et cetera. Or do I just work out at home in my garage like I have been um, and save a little bit of time and then get to all the other stuff that I want to play around with? So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. If you follow along on Instagram at Darren underscore star, you will know for sure within a matter of hours. So we will see how it goes. Um, my wife is also going back to her classroom today for the first time in ages, simply because she has some end-of-year um, cleanup work to do. So um, she's been maintaining lessons online and doing all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. Quarantine is weird. Lockdown is weird. And as things start to ease back up, it will be weird to see what um, does open back up, what lingers behind, and then uh, inevitably what ends up shutting down again. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, how are you all doing? How are you holding up? I would love to hear some of your stories. Um, at this point, yeah, I would I would totally entertain anyone who wants to call in and leave a voicemail and just talk about how you have managed the quarantine or not. How have you succeeded? How have you failed miserably? And here's the thing. If we're going to talk about how you failed, I want you to talk to us about what you've learned from the experience. So I would like to get your quarantine stories. Give me some over the weekend, and let's let's do a few of those on Monday. And, you know, f- talk about yourself, please. This doesn't have to be all about me. That gets real boring real fast. We're at 168 episodes of me talking about me. I don't think the universe needs too much more of that. Let's talk about you, okay? So give me some stories. What, what's your quarantine been like? Um, how has it changed your life? Um, how do you think it will continue to change your life going forward? Specifically like your workout life, but also understanding that the way that it impacts your personal life can impact your, um, your workout life and the way you meal prep as well. Um, have you made any changes to your diet based on food availability? Have you, um, found ways to be more efficient with your time? Have you struggled? Have you fallen off completely? Do you, do you, do you want to ask for some help from the community here? Because we'll offer it. Um, I I just want to hear your story. So call in and leave those. That number is 865-518-2974. Um, you know, we, we can use it as a little bit of a, a therapy session or we can celebrate some successes. So feel free to, to open up about how you've struggled or feel free to brag your ass off. I don't care. I just want to hear it. So lay it on me and tell me what you got. Um, again, 865-518-2974. Call in, leave a message, and uh, let's, uh, let's get a few of those over the weekend so we've got it to uh, talk about on Monday. Um, I'd love to hear that. Would love to hear it. Um, the, that number also, if you just go to the dropset.com, it's, it's clickable from there if you go there on your phone. So you don't even have to remember. All you have to do is be like, what's the name of that podcast with that doofus that talks about his music and doesn't really talk about bodybuilding anymore? And I, I really am contemplating just not listening to it anymore because he's such a tool, really kind of self-centered, hard to listen to, says um a lot. Oh, yeah, it's the drop set. Okay, well, oh, the drop set.com. There's the website. Great. Well, and here's the clickable link. Let me call in and leave a message about how much his podcast sucks. Cool. You know what? That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. I can take your abuse. I can. I really can. I'm just kidding. I have a very fragile ego, actually. It, it, it will not withstand such an onslaught. I can't take it. So um, I have recently um, out here built a squat rack in my garage. Um, it needs to get featured on Instagram, actually. It's, it's been in my story, but I haven't actually made a post on it. But I built a squat rack. So sometime back, um, my wife said, hey, because we had a, a queen bed. And she's like, we need to upgrade to a king-size bed because, come on, we got the room for it. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me build a bed frame. And she kind of like smiled and nodded and to be like, okay. Inside, I think she was like, I would like to have it sometime before the next 10 years. It would be great. Um, 
so anyway, I, I had a plan, kind of like a rough plan, and then this was December 2018, and I was getting ready to trade in my truck. So I, I sketched out a rough plan, and I'm like, okay, let me go get all the materials I need while I still have a truck, um, just because there's going to be some big stuff in there. There's going to be some sheet goods, et cetera. So, you know, you can get an eight-foot piece of lumber in my, my current car. It's a CX-5. You can get in there. That's not a big deal. But a piece of plywood, no, that ain't going to work. Um, so let me get everything that I need for that. And then let me just get a couple little extra things, like a couple extra sheets of plywood just for future projects since I won't have a truck, and we'll just call it good. So I got all that stuff. That was December 2018. 2019 rolled around. Time passed. Time passed. She's, like, sending me Pinterest links of, like, oh, here's some ideas for a bed frame. Here's some ideas. You know, <laughs> she's she's very patient. Very patient. Um, and then eventually she's sending me links from, like, you know, uh, Wayfair. It's <laughs> like, here's a bed frame. <laughs> Here's a mattress. You want me to just order these? And eventually we're like, yeah, let's do that. So, and uh, got a headboard as well. So anyway, that I had all these materials for this project that ended up not happening because I dragged my feet and uh, I basically got obsoleted um, by a bed frame that we ordered online, which was great. It turned out really well, actually. It's exactly what we wanted. Uh, but I had this leftover material. And so I was going to build this thing out of, um, I was going to mill down some four by fours. Um, for the structural components and then add some other stuff on top of that. But anyway, so I had all these four by fours and I was looking, I'm like, I could build a squat rack out of those. Um, and the inspiration came, I was looking around on eBay trying to find a squat rack to buy and I found this guy in North Carolina who was selling squat racks made out of four by fours. And I looked at his design and let me just see, I, I saved the picture here. Let me pull it up. Um, I saved the design and let me see if I can describe it for you here, uh, especially for, for people that are not necessarily like woodworking inclined. So I'm not going to talk about what kind of joints he's using and stuff like that because it's really irrelevant. Um, but if this would come up here, there we go. So imagine, if you will, a square made out of four by fours, like, you know, about a four foot by four foot square, basically. Um, that's the bottom. And it's also the top. And then you've got four vertical pieces there so it's basically like you know uh, a cube if you will but it's tall so i mean i guess they call it, what's a three-dimensional rectangle called i don't know um it's a box basically but like with a a top and a bottom and four corner posts and some bracing installed which let's be clear um depending on the kind of fasteners used here is completely and totally irrelevant this little four by four corner bracing i could think of nothing that's going to be less useful in giving this thing structural support than that so um the uh the interesting thing here i wonder if guys zoom in and see what he did for the cradles i actually never it's not really high resolution enough. It looks like he used threaded pipe for the cra cradles and then just screwed on like a 90-degree elbow to keep the bar from rolling off. Okay, that's cool. That's the one component of mine that I don't have yet. So anyway, he's got that. He's got um, a conduit for bailout bars. Um, the conduit he used, though, I, I, I thought about this, and I'm like, you know, if you get a decent bar loaded up on there, one good thing, and it's going to bend the shit out of that conduit. It's not going to withstand it. So, uh, And I plan on using my bailout bars for, like, rack deadlifts as well. So I'm like, I need a, a, more, a more robust solution than that. Um, so the other thing was... Because he's built this square on the bottom as, like, the bottom support, you have to step over a 4x4 four four to get into the squat rack. And then you have to step back out over it to get out. I'm like, that's a big safety hazard. It doesn't sound like much. That's a big problem. 
um, when you're talking about something, you know, a piece of gym equipment that you're going to have in your garage, um, which is already an environment that is just a little less prone to maximum safety. Um, I'm like, that's not going to fly. It's a, it's a major tripping hazard. Um, so I improved on this design, I would say quite a bit. Um, and also tried to use a little less material here than he did. Um, so the other thing is I knew that I wanted my rack to be able to accommodate cable systems as well. So there's things you can buy. You can buy add-ons for racks that are pulleys that allow you to do vertical pulls or rows or things like that. Um, and being that I have a little bit of an engineering background, I'm comfortable with the mechanics and the dynamics of pulleys and how they work. So um, I, I do not have those yet, but I will be installing that as well. So main thing, main point being my, my efforts are not quite done, but I have a rack which is also not bolted down to the floor currently because I'm not quite 100% sure it's exactly where I want it because once you bolt it down, you know, you don't get wiggle room. You don't get to move that thing an inch this direction or that. It's got to, it's where it is. And so, um, yeah, right now it's a little bit of a, uh, it's not really super usable. I did use it the other day and then I just had the barbell in it and I did some banded, uh, what I do, banded RDLs, I guess. No, 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 no. Oh, I did banded shrugs in it yesterday. That's what I did. So, um, I basically just used the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I used the rack as a way to not have to lift the barbell off the ground, but instead pick it up from about knee height for off my bailout bar. So um, what I ended up using for that was um, three-eighths inch by two-inch um, steel bars, um, and I routed a channel into the uh, sides of the rack where it sits, and it's adjustable from there. The adjustment mechanism is not quite fully in place because, again, the only thing that I really intend to use that for is uh, like rack deads. So I just <laughs> made it so that the bottom uh, height of it is perfect for rack deadlifts, and then I'm good to go. <laughs> so uh, it's funny. I've got this squat rack. I probably will not do a lot of actual squatting in it. Benching, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just, you know, a, a starting place for, for barbell exercises, absolutely, you bet. Um, and then also it's going to be, you know, the housing for my pulley system as well. So I'm going to have a, a two high pulleys, <clears throat> not like left and right, but one that's going to be a single pulley and one that's a dual pulley. Um, so one is going to be feel a lot heavier than the other. And so this will be a good uh, a good demonstration video for how to select the right equipment in the gym when, when you're going. If you're trying to do a tricep press down at the lat pull-down station, why does this hurt so much? Why does this suck? Well, it's, it's physics, people. So um, I'll have that set up in place to... Uh, um, for for me to be able to do multiple exercises in a more um, uh, with a more suitable range of motion, a more suitable um, force resistance level, uh, and also it'll be a good good teaching tool as well. So anyway, that's that's one thing that I've been working on. I've been continuing with the banded workouts for right now, and I've been just trying to stock up on some material. So I did get a barbell. Um, one of my clients, Jake, awesome, thank you, sir, um, gave me the heads up on a barbell that he found online because um, I was just lamenting because he's he's putting together a home gym as well, and his is pr looking pretty good, actually. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to start mine. I just can't find anything. I can't find a barbell. He's like, well, here's one. It's a little pricey, but it looks like it's in stock. Uh, so thank you for the heads up on that. It was in stock and it got here within a week. So, um, plates are another thing that's hard to find, but once again, Jake, thank you, man. You saved my bacon. And, uh, cause he, he knows I'm in, he knows I'm in, uh, Knoxville or at least East Tennessee. And so he was like, well, there's, there's, there's some plates at Academy. I don't know how close it is to you. I'm like, it's eight minutes down the road. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. Um, cause I've been checking Academy online for plates every day. 
I type in Olympic plates and I just search and it's like, nope, nope, nope. Okay, cool. So it's like, you got to look 45 pound plates, not in stock. 25 pound plates, not in stock. 10 pound plates, not in stock. Okay. What I didn't realize is if you scroll down on that search results, search results page, let me try that again. If you scroll down on that search results page, Jesus, there's a whole different product, a whole different type of plates. And those periodically at least, are in stock. So I was able to add a 35-pound plate and four 10-pound plates into my cart. Like, woohoo, score, sweet. Uh, and I ordered it, and then I was waiting for a text notification that it was ready to go pick up. And uh, the text notification I got said, some of the stuff that you ordered is not available anymore. <laughs> like, of course it's not. What was available? Uh, one 35-pound plate and one 10-pound plate. So that's what I got. So I cleaned them out. Uh, but I did talk to the woman who was there uh, who, who brought this stuff out because I did the little curbside delivery thing, so I didn't have to go into the store. Um, for the record, the store was open, and it was packed. Crazy. So, yeah, it's wild times. Um, and, and I said, so you're still getting regular shipments, like right? And she's like, yeah, we get four trucks a week. They show up at four in the morning. And I said, so your inventory online is updated accurately? Oh, yeah, yeah. So as soon as stuff's unloaded off that truck, it's up, it's up on the website. So so I've been checking. That was on Wednesday. So I checked yesterday uh, twice in the morning, and I checked um, once already this morning. And it was at like 5, so I'm going to go back and try again here shortly. In fact, I should probably stop recording this and go check right now um, and see if they have any inventory. Because um, those plates, man, they're like they're like gold at this point. They're basically just money. Um, it's the new currency. I think we live in a Mad Max kind of world here. So, um, and I still need some dumbbells as well. Selectorized dumbbells. I'm not looking to build up a full rack. I just don't have a room for that. I need some like 90 pound power block or Bowflex select tech dumbbells. That's what I'm looking for. If I can get that, if I can get some plates, I got my rack, I'm going to get my pulley stuff. Uh, I will build a bench for myself. I'm set at that point. I got pretty much everything that I need that I have uh, the, realistic ability to uh to hold on to here at home so okay raise your hand if you're sick of hearing me talk about me my hands up i'm sick of hearing me talk about me so let's let's talk about you um let's see what you got here i got a couple of voicemails left over from uh i don't know pre-corona days i don't know it's been a while um this first one here is from what's the date on this hold on hold phone where is it voicemails there we go um Nope, nope, sorry, that's the wrong place. You'd think I'd know how to do this. Okay, uh, April 19th is the first one. So let's go to that and see what we got here. Hey, Darren, this is Kristen from Clearwater, Florida. I have a question with regards to intermittent fasting. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think doing it a couple times a week is okay? And do you would you recommend doing it after a high-carb day? Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks, Kristen. So um, a word about Kristen, client of mine, and one of the people in this world that I hate the most. Um, that sounds kind of harsh. Well, y you heard it right from her, Clearwater, Florida. So I get pictures from her periodically. It's like, look at this weather that I've got. And I'm just like, you know what? That's just rude. <laughs> As she was sending me stuff like that, like back in, uh, oh, God, it had to be like February, I guess. Um, February, early March, when it was still like, you know, I'm waking up and it's like 30 degrees here. And she's like, Sun sunshine, I'm going out for a run. I'm like, uh, and the only thing I said to myself was, well, at least I'm not running. So there's that. <laughs> so anyway, I kid, I kid. Thank you, Kristen. Great question. Um, intermittent fasting. So my thoughts on intermittent fasting are, um, 
practical. Uh, my, my considerations here are entirely practical. So the one thing about intermittent fasting is there ain't nothing special about it. A lot of people will look to it as some kind of a solution to a problem of, that they have, like uh, a problem of metabolic slowdown or a problem of you know insufficient fat loss or something like that. And it's not a solution to that. Um, it can be a solution to, man, I have a really hard time following my diet and this might help. Like if you are at a deficit and you find yourself out of calories at a point during the day when you, you really want to eat something and that want to eat drives you to then do it and then go over your macros for the day. If there was a way, hmm, if I could concentrate my eating during a specific time when I really want it, Hmm, could that were yeah, so that's what intermittent fasting is. So that's that's really where the utility from it comes as far as I'm concerned. Uh there's no clinical evidence that I have ever seen that suggests that intermittent fasting is any more effective for fat loss in any at any appreciable level than following in any kind of non intermittent fasting diet. Just a traditional like uh what would it be? <laughs> um well, all, all day eating. I was trying to come up with a clever term for that, but I can't. I can't coin that stuff off the top of my head. Apparently, damn it, it's a skill to work on. So, uh, is it effective? Well, sure, but so is a regular diet. Um, is it any more effective? No. I mean, maybe a percentage point or two, but you know, percentage points aren't aren't going to make a difference. Orders of magnitude are what's going to make a difference. It's like what I tell. Um, guys who are looking to build muscle and want to take like some kind of testosterone booster. I'm like, yeah, that'll, that'll give you a couple percentage points of a boost. Nice. It'll come with a placebo effect as well, which is not insignificant. That can really be a powerful, effective thing. I'm not here to knock a placebo, you know, in bodybuilding terms, you know, <laughs> I would pay money for a placebo. Good thing. There's a lot of opportunities for that. <laughs> uh, but you're looking for a, a you're looking at a, a few percentage point increase. Um, in your overall, you know, growth potential, taking something like that, you, you don't need a few percentage points. You need an order of magnitude jump, and that so that's you know injectable testosterone, whether it's a, a full-on cycle or TRT. So that's the kind of thing that makes a difference here. The same thing, you know, you're already losing fat at a rate. So let's dig in and nerd out on some math really quick. Whether we're looking to lose fat or build muscle, there's a rate for these things that are involved. And so when I say a few percentage points increase, I don't mean like, oh, it's going to make me lose a few pounds more a week. No, a few percentage points. So if you are already losing a pound a week and you get something that gives you like a 2% boost to that, okay, well, that's 1.02 pounds for the next week. Yeah, that That's... It's not enough that that's going to show up on the scale unless you have a really fancy body scale that weighs you in grams. Um, and that's not the kind of thing that we need to be looking at. Similarly, um, if you can build a pound of muscle, let's say, in two weeks, um, a 2 or 3% boost, that's 1.02 to 1.03 pounds of muscle in two weeks. That is not the kind of boost that's going to get you anywhere and that is worth paying for. You need an order of magnitude boost, something that will say instead, okay, well, instead of building one... Uh, one pound in two weeks, I can build three pounds in two weeks. Okay, well, that's a 300% jump. We'll take that. That's big. 
that's big. So that's the difference between like some tribulus testosterone booster and injectable testosterone. Of course, I'm kind of making these numbers up a little bit, but I'm using it to illustrate a point. So for fat loss, um, when it comes to dietary protocols, there is no order of magnitude bump. It is very common to want to look for one because you're thinking like, man, with as hard as I am working, I should be seeing more results than I am. So there's got to be something out there that could be more effective than what I'm doing. And there is, but it, <clears throat> it's not switching to intermittent fasting. And I don't have a solution for you. I mean, I'm sure there is, but, you know, it's going to be, the answer is going to be a little bit different for everybody. When it comes to fat loss, the only thing in, in my experience that has yielded an order of magnitude jump, and it's really not even that, but it's, it's definitely more than a few percentage points, um, would be clenbuterol. So we're not even talking about a shift in dietary tactics. We're talking about an, another, uh, another compound. So um, that's the only thing that would really initiated or, or DNP if you want to go that route. But just to be clear, I do not endorse anybody ever use DNP. If you don't know what DNP is, good. Don't worry about it. Um, it's bad stuff. <laughs> you don't want that. Um, so the, the convenient thing about intermittent fasting, though, is for people who, let's say, you know, you're at a deficit, but for some reason... Your appetite isn't really very strong in the morning. Like, I could eat, but I could also not eat, and I'd be okay with that. But at night, man. And usually it's not even not even that you get so hungry at night, but it's just that you want to eat. You know, it's, it has nothing to do with hunger and more just like, I'm in the routine of eating a lot more at night. So the first thing I would say is, okay, well, let's break that routine because otherwise we're just putting a Band-Aid on it, but we need to work on fixing a behavior here more than anything else. Um, pull you out of the old, the old habits and put you into some new ones. You know, Transplant you into a new set of habits. Um, that's what I'm all about. So it, it's kind of like when somebody says, man, I'm doing these front squats and they just suck. What else can we do? I'm like, well, we can fix a front squat. How about that? Um, when I don't want to run away from a problem, I want to fix it um, because that's how you improve. <clears throat> if you replace a front squat with something, you just uh, basically you, you put that to the scrap heap of exercises that you're never going to do because you're not going to take the time to fix it. Versus if you do take the time to fix it, great. We have a new uh, tool in our arsenal that we can rely on. And chances are in the process of fixing that, you're going to learn something else that can be transferable to other things as well. Same thing with um, with diet. And if you, if you shift your dietary strategy around in order to accommodate old habits and make it more convenient and easier, well, just consider also those old habits are what got you to where you are now, which is a situation you are trying to improve and move away from. Um, so I think it makes sense to just have a real willingness to get rid of a lot of those old habits. So if that means like, well, my old habit is I'd have a big dinner and then I'd sit on the couch for TV time and then, you know, usually have a beer or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, why can't we just change everything about that? Think about that. Well, we don't need to, to keep any of those old habits. All of those things can change. Um, so I, I do like intermittent fasting at times for, for people who really need a little kick in the pants in order to bump up the compliance a little bit. And if it makes it a little bit easier, great. But I also consider it a short-term solution, not something that I want to do long-term necessarily, simply because I do find that there's more value in getting nutrients in your body throughout the whole day, um, and not shutting it off. And I'm a big believer in the concept of positive nitrogen balance, which, um, means, uh, you, you have regular protein intake throughout the day. And as a byproduct of that, your body will produce excess nitrogen, which makes your body anabolic. So positive nitrogen balance. You always have a little bit of a nitrogen surplus in the body. 
um, if you're intermittent fasting, you miss out on a little bit of that. Um, if you don't uh, space your protein intake out evenly throughout the day for other reasons, uh, you'll miss out on that. So uh, those are the considerations. Um, other things as far as like timing it after like a low carb day doesn't make any difference to me at all. Um, basically, it is the only the only difference is. Okay, we're going to have the same macros. That, that's the other thing is if you're doing intermittent fasting, typically it's going to be like an 8-16 kind of thing where it's an 8-hour feeding window and a 16-hour fasting window. So you pick an 8-hour window during the day where you, where you eat. It's like, well, I'm going to eat from 8 to 9 and then from 10 to noon and then – no, no, no. It's got to be 8 consecutive hours. So it's like noon to 8 p.m. is your, your feeding window. Now, you've also got a lift during that window. Um, I've experimented with before, and I have uh, lifted in the morning and then started an intermittent fasting window at, like, noon. So I would go to the gym, be done with it, and then, like, an hour and a half later, I'd get my post-workout meal in. Did that work? Yeah, it worked. It was okay. Did my performance take a hit? You're damn right it did. Yeah. Absolutely. If your performance doesn't take a hit doing that, it's because you are not performing to your capacity. That is the honest truth. If you can work out faster and feel like, man, I got a great workout in, we need to stop right there and recalibrate your scale a little bit because you're not getting any great workouts. Um, I think one of the things, and this is something that a concept that I've been kicking around for a long time, is um, the idea of how to know if you're progressing from like beginning lifting to being an intermediate lifter or going from intermediate to advanced. And one of the key things is understanding how nutrition impacts your performance and impacts your ability to train and train effectively. Um, and so if you are lifting at an advanced level, like if you look at you know Olympia-level competitors, you will find none of them, none, not one, who train fasted. Because they know, man, the way that I train is directly related to how I feed myself. Uh, and specifically like pre-workout nutrition. Um, and so they're looking at pre-workout, intro-workout, post-workout, all of those things. Um, it's just, it, it's essential. If you, if you train at a high level, and to be clear, there are, there are some, some pros out there that do not train at a high level. We're talking about really genetically gifted people that have not had to work exceptionally hard to get a really, really top-shelf physique. Those people are very rare. You never want to look to them as your examples. Um, who was it? There were a few pros that came to mind that have always been called out for stuff like that. I, I'm, the names are failing me right now. Um, eh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I'm not afraid to call anybody out. I just don't remember. <laughs> so, um, the uh, but yeah, if, if if you if you train at a high level. You, you will understand the impact that uh, um, that nutrition has on, on your performance. And to be clear, you can work really hard. It doesn't mean you're training at a high level. Training at a high level, what does that mean? Boy, we're going off on a tangent here. Sorry, Kristen, I'm totally hijacking your question here. Um, training at a high level means having a really, really thorough, comprehensive, and deep understanding on how mind-muscle connection works for every muscle group in the body. Understanding when to force progressive overload and when to be intuitive about adjusting the script and going off path a little bit just to put a little bit of an exclamation point where it's needed. Um, 
understanding what the concept of failure really means. If you tell me that you trained a failure on every set, you're, you're not an advanced lifter because nobody does. It's not possible. Um, you might train hard on every set, but you're not training a failure. So stop saying that. Um, if you train a failure on every set, you will die. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so it's, just, it, it's, it's not practical. It's not a reasonable expectation. It's not a reasonable thing to say. Um, so that, that's probably a tangent for another day. Anyway. Um, so, uh, Christian, good question. Uh, the executive summary here is can have some practical applications, not something that I would do if we're trying to get a boost in one direction or another. It's not really going to give us anything like that. Aloha, Darren Starr. This is your Hawaiian connection, Deborah Kaneho calling. I'm calling to ask a question that I have asked you before that I wanted to ask you here to get your input. And how do you feel about waist trainers? I know how I feel about them, but I like to get other coaches, trainers' opinion on them. Um, are they worth the money? Are they just uh, a fad? Are they any good? So that is my question, and um, aloha. Ah, thanks, Deborah. Uh, I feel like you've just lobbed this softball up for me. I appreciate it. So um, uh, moral of the story, no, not a fan. Not a fan. Have never asked a uh, client to wear a waist trainer. Never will. Um, will not encourage it. Don't believe in them. And it's not like <laughs> it's not like what they say about uh, evolution. You know, whether you believe in it or not, it believes in you. So yeah. So can waist trainers do something? Yes, they can. They can. They can temporarily change your shape a little bit. But my my thing is more. My issue with it is more conceptual. So you might say, well, don't you just want any, every, any advantage that you can get? I'm like, sure, yeah. So if you want to wear one, go ahead. I'm not going to tell anyone to because I think they are fucking dumb. Period. End of story. I just, I, I can't stand to look at them. Uh, it irritates me when I see people wear them. Um, it's just a pet peeve. So is that a shortcoming for me as a coach? Maybe. I don't know. Now, that being said... If someone asked me, like, should I wear a waist trainer? I'd be like, I'm not a big fan, personally. You know, they can have some impact. Don't expect it to completely and totally change your, your body or anything like that. It'll tighten you up a little bit, sure. Is it going to be a difference maker? Probably not. If, if you're in a position where you can benefit from a waist trainer, um, you can probably benefit from a lot of other things as well. You know, just you know, dieting a little bit harder, growing a little bit more. I also do consider it kind of cheating, in a way, um, just because bodybuilding is all about proportions. So what you're trying to do here is use some kind of outside device to basically just, you know, cheat your proportions a little bit. Like, why don't you just grow a little bit more and diet a little bit harder? That's the way you do it. And then you could say like, well, okay, well, you know, if, if you want to say that, you could consider just about anything cheating. You could say like any kind of supplements or anabolics, those are cheating as well or, you know, um, or Hell, if you want to use blood flow restriction bands, those are cheating as well. I'm like, okay, fine. I guess you got to draw the line somewhere. And for me, arbitrarily, this is where I draw the line. I think it's it's stupid. I don't care for it. Personal opinion. If a client's like, I want to use a waist trainer, what do you think? I'm going to say that, but I'm also going to say, that being said, it's 100% your decision. And if you want to use it, I'm not going to tell you not to. Um, I will say that, you know, it, it's not at all uncommon to experience digestive issues when you're wearing one of those, if you wear it enough. Um, which that's a little concerning. I'm not a big fan of that. So there's the whole question of, okay, you're wearing that thing. What's actually going on inside there? You know, I mean, you know, 
it, it's not like it, it's not like you've got all that all that stuff, all your guts, and now it's just like, oh, they take up less space. I mean, you're squishing some shit together in there, okay? So yeah, it, it not at all uncommon for it to impact digestion. Uh, if you wear it enough, it can actually alter your rib shape. To what end? Um, you know, I, for me, it's just like I don't know that it's really worth it. And so, Deborah, your question was, are they worth it? Honestly, I don't know because I've never even looked into how much they cost. That is how little I care about them. Um, but I will say the answer is no. Are they worth it? No. If they're giving them away for free, they're probably still not worth it. Um, so th- this is one of those things where I feel like I'm I'm kind of betraying um, a little bit of the fundamental concept behind this podcast which is to say well we're not all science-based but we're not all bro-based we're kind of like in the middle and I like to look at things objectively I can't look at this objectively it's like when somebody says the word moist it's like okay my butthole just caught on fire right there I can't believe I just said that but like I lose all ability for rational thought when we're talking about this it's just one of those things like uh would be another one um like Ashton Kutcher, you know, he, he might he might turn around and, and have a great performance in a movie someday. I don't care. I'm still going to want to throw up whenever he's on screen. That's all there is to it. That's me. Okay, that might not be you. That's fine. That's me. Uh, y- y- everybody has those triggers, you know, that one thing that just sets you off. For some people, it's Pomeranians. They just can't stand Pomeranians. Me, I love Pomeranians. Okay, I'm all about them. Uh some people are afraid of spiders. That'd be me. Some people keep them as pets. Drew, I'm, I'm looking at you right now. I, I had a, a <laughs> Drew. Drew was a client of mine who confessed in her check-in yesterday that she wanted to get a pet tarantula. I'm like, there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. That is not okay. That is not okay. Um, so everybody's a little bit different. This is just one of those things that's a trigger for me for whatever reason. I can't really even explain it. I have tried. I feel like I have failed to really convey my level of discontent regarding waist trainers and and the reasoning behind it. Maybe there's some deep seated thing in my childhood. I don't know. Maybe it's something about about the way that my parents dressed me when I was a little toddler or something like that, that I've carried with me that I should work out with my therapist entirely possible. I have no idea. Realistically, it's probably something like that. I don't know. Um, just kidding. Mom and dad, you did great. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Deborah, my my answer there stands. Final answer. Um, I hate them. I I just do. I I look at them. When people wear them under their clothes, I can tell, but I appreciate it. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for not wearing that on the outside or wearing like the sports bra. I mean, here's like the worst gym attire ever. Sports bra with a waist trainer. I'm like, I want to go over and punch you in the throat right now just on principle. Figuratively, uh, you, you know me. I don't hit women. I don't hit men either. I don't hit anybody. But I want to sometimes. Not because I'm violent, but just because it seems like it's something that somebody deserves. You know what I mean? It's like, don't do that. Don't do the sports bra, waist trainer. No. Guys and waist trainers, I can't. I can't even continue that sentence. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. So, anyway, there you go. I want to get back to form today. We did a podcast. I did it. I talked about myself for more than half of it. Apologies. I'm so sorry. I will do better. Help me out here. I knew I had two messages. Um, I, I knew that they, they weren't going to take 45 minutes, so I knew I had some time to kind of freeform a little bit. It's like, it's like I, f- I freestyled, et cetera. So yeah, there we go. It is what it is. <sighs> Thank you for listening. If you did, 
if you checked out like halfway through, like this guy, I'm over it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I apologize. I will, I'll try to do better. Of course, if you've checked out, you're not hearing this and you probably won't come back. In which case I should go back and edit this at the beginning saying, uh, you know what? I think just for kicks, I'm going to do that actually. So if you've made it this far, you've now found the Easter egg in this uh, episode here. So, um, Okay, that's all I got. I'll check back on Monday. Give me your calls. Call in 865-518-2974. Let's talk a little bit um, about your quarantine stories, good or bad. Share some stuff, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you.